This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast. The podcast designed to help you step out of the shadows and become an inspirational leader. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and each episode I will be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. I'll be picking their brains for those golden nuggets that will help you be the best you can be. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing at thereluctantleader.co.uk and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So let's get on with the show. Today I'm talking to Sonia Holm. She is the CEO of See Me Colour Profiling. Sonia is passionate about people knowing and using their strengths and about the importance of preference diversity on boards and senior teams. She seeks to enable that through the powerful tool of See Me as a behavioural analytic. Sonia's background includes being CEO of two national charities and a trustee on the board of two national charities. Her long-standing interest in human nature led her to write award-winning papers on the subject at Cambridge University, followed by a spell of TV presenting. Coming full circle, Sonia now focuses on identity in the context of personal and team development with CME. Sonia is also a non-executive director on the board of WRC and innovative consultancy primary focused on the water industry. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, It was a very interesting conversation and I will catch you all on the other side. So welcome, Sonia, to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thank you, Mark. Delightful to be with you. Um, I I was was at uh, your premises not so long ago uh, learning a bit more about what you do um, and I, I noticed... Um, when you stood up and said some pieces around it that you mentioned the, the word resilience and, and I guess that's well that is the reason why I asked you to come and, and talk to us a bit more about that on the podcast um, so before we get into that um, what I'd like to know and I'm sure everybody would be interested is uh, why you do what you do and um, what was the pivotal moment um, that started you along that track Mm. So what I do, Mark, is I'm Chief Executive of See Me Colour Profiling, which is mm-hmm. a behavioural profiling tool. Mm-hmm. It's a short online process that generates a report that speaks to people's different preferences. Mm-hmm. And as a business, we then um, seek to unpack that for and with people to help them reflect on who they are, how they roll, if you like, and mm-hmm. um, what that means in connection with other people, critically and working well with other people, um, right up to the sort of whole organizational level and what that means for culture. So um, we do that ourselves and we do that also through a fantastic network of what we call activators who activate the reports um, Mm -hmm. for and with others. And and Mark, obviously you're one of that community. So um, lovely to be talking with someone who speaks our language, so to speak. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, in terms of what led me towards wanting to work with people to help them understand themselves and others um, better, well, I studied anthropology at university and I focused on human nature. I did my dissertation on human nature. Um, So I think I've long been interested in sort of who we are at core, if you like, and what that means when it's worked out in community. Um, so when that's worked out in on, on a sort of cultural level as well as at an individual level, mm-hmm. um, I specifically looked around the kind of interplay of um, selfishness and selflessness, if you like. So um, making the most of the good and minimising the bad, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, that led me into television, strangely enough. 
Um, I wanted a forum for communicating ideas that was accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And I think television gives that. So I, I worked as a, um, a reporter in television and on various factual um, and religious programs, which was fantastic. And mm-hmm. then um, into charity leadership, actually, running a media charity um, and also a cancer charity. And I think the common thread through all of those slightly disparate paths for me was probably communication. So who people yeah. are, but critically how they communicate, which is what we form so much of our culture around. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that's probably the common thread. And in terms of how that led me to see me, well, I had done a profile report myself, actually, at a CEO's retreat as a leader in the charity sector and found it to be so helpful in understanding who I was, what my natural strengths were. Mm my natural leadership style and critically actually who I therefore needed alongside me, who was quite different to me and would complement my strengths with very different ones and bring a different perspective, a different way of seeing things. So that led me to go out and recruit someone really quite opposite to myself, which is um, obviously we often do the opposite to that. We often go for people who are very like us. So it was quite a conscious decision and one that had great impact Um, So when I started to work as a consultant in a freelance capacity with a variety of charities and businesses around communication and strategy and found that all paths lead back to people and how they connect, how they relate, um, how they work well or otherwise, Mm. I reached out for a tool that would help me speak into that space and see me was simply the best I'd come across and Mm -hmm. wanted to work more with it. Um, it Also, as a business, one of our core values is flexibility. We want to make the reports uh, really just right for the individual that's using it. And so for someone who is working with quite a a variety of sectors, so charities often, you know, quite different to businesses, I wanted a tool that could be flexible in both of those spaces uh, in terms of application and pricing and other things really that matter Mm -hmm. uh, in those different sectors. So that's what led me to see me and I'm delighted now to be running the business and growing a fantastic team of people uh, who are all passionate really about helping people to get the best from their work life and for those they work with uh, and do that uh, using this powerful tool. Mm, Excellent stuff and I think it's worth before we uh, again move on to the resilience stuff is just to give um, a bit more of an overview about what colour profiling is yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. For those people that um, haven't come across the um, the model. Yeah, sure. And I'm aware, of course, that there are lots of profiling systems out there. Mm. Um, I think ours is distinctive. Firstly, firstly, actually, because of its ease of use, um, and it's you know it's very quick to access, and we hope the reports are very easy to understand. They're very behavioural, so they speak to how we behave rather than necessarily our personality per se. We wouldn't use that language. We talk about no. our behaviour, but yeah, we use the language of colour as well to describe those different styles. So. Um, some systems might use letters, others might use what we would call archetypes. So mm. calling someone, you know, a coordinator or a shaper or a director. We feel that, that letters and labels um, are at risk of boxing people, yeah. of giving them um, something that constricts them. So we like the language of colour to describe difference, different preferences and different styles because it blends 
Um, so everyone can be a unique blend of mm-hmm. colors. Um, but at the same time, the basic building blocks are actually very memorable and accessible. So we use the basic building blocks of four colors, which represent four quite different preferences or approaches. Um, so I'll, perhaps I'll just quickly outline those, Mark. Again, yep, yep, this yes, is a thumbnail, do. of course. Uh, this, is, yep. this is only a thumbnail. Um, but the, the red color is uh, an extroverted preference that's very thinking, very tight task orientated so tends mm-hmm. to be um, quite directive quite high energy quite fast paced wanting to move towards the goal move towards the impact and uh, bring others along with them on that journey by saying let's go there it is let's go after it mm-hmm. um, the yellow is still extroverted but more relational more feeling centered so tends to be expressed um, as, as a sort of a very positive energy very uh, innovative lots of ideas um, again that fast pace but perhaps a little less uh, structured a little more intuitive in approach a little more um I suppose creative, although I think all colours are creative actually in their different ways, but mm-hmm. in terms of what we often understand that to look like, um, yeah, usually enjoys social activity a lot. Yes. Green then is still relational, but more reflective, so very empathetic, um, a slower pace now, a deeper desire to reflect, um, and a little bit more, more, uh, more kind of practical, one could say, in approach. And then the blue is that still that reflective energy, but again with the task focus and the structure around that. So concerned with detail, analysis, process. How do we do what we do? Uh, why do we do what we do? Those sorts of questions. Yes. So that's so a, of, real, not a real thumbnail. Uh, yes. And, and obviously, um, yeah, so we're talking about the four energies. Um, mm. And uh, the important thing to, to note is that we are a blend of all four. Absolutely. And every person would be a unique blendable force. So our Mm. online evaluator measures these and gives um, people back a sort of thumbprint, if you like, or we measure the height of each of those preferences. Most people have two that are very much at play. Uh, We'll be talking about resilience. So I would use the language actually to say two of those preferences are are often resilient for people in terms of ways of working. For some people, they have three, actually, even three out of the four that are registered quite high, quite resilient styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some, only one, probably two is the most common, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the others are still present. They're perhaps just more, um, t- require more of us, require more energy to step into that way of being for a long time anyway. Perhaps for a short time we can sustain it, but not for not for a long time. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and with all these things, it's uh, all these profiling tools, it's about um, becoming more self-aware. Uh, and so you, it's not about wanting to, change for the change of uh, for the sake of change it's about realizing that we can adapt ourselves to different situations and maybe get better results that's right absolutely yeah it gives people a start point to understand themselves and Mm. and critically understand therefore how they might differ from those around them in terms of their assumed uh, correct way of doing things or preferred way of doing things and yeah. perhaps yes we can all and in fact arguably should all be flexing to accommodate those around us but at the yeah. same time we need to know where our sweet spot is mm. where we're most energized where we excel most naturally yeah excellent okay so it's about time we moved on to what's the, um, the subject of this podcast and um that is resilience mm. um so what uh, how would you describe what resilience is Oh, good question. I don't have a go-to definition, but I think (laughs) for me, it's being able to sustain 
um, what we are doing and how we are doing it and how we're feeling critically uh, in that moment, being able to stay, sustain that without it having a negative impact, mm-hmm. either on our energy levels, on our focus, um, on our sense of um, something being life-giving. So it's about um, sort of being steady, I would say. I, I don't know if you've ever tried, Mark, sometimes um, in different sort of forms of exercise. You you hold a pose, if you like. You hold, you might simply hold your arms out, let's say. Yep. And to begin with, they're stable. Um, they're solid. And after a while, as it becomes harder and harder work, um, they begin to shake and tremor. And it becomes harder and harder to hold that position. So I think for me, resilience is being able to be steady um, to sort of stay in what we're doing and how we're doing it mm-hmm. without that um, that tremor, if you like, coming into play in a way that's too disruptive, in a way that's going to put us off course, right. either emotionally or practically. Okay. And, and so... Um... And, and that's how I would understand it. Um, I've, I've done a bit of research about um, resilience in the last few days, um, and there's all sorts of stuff we can find. But I think the thing that came across was, the, um, and I read something that said, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Mm. Uh, and, and that's it. Being resilient to whatever that's thrown at you is not being like rock solid so that it's, everything bounces off you. It's actually just having that ability to know that, you know, you have an awareness uh, and you know how you can use um, your strengths to, to to bounce back and not have that. That's effect. right. Yeah, yeah. Which is where I think exercise is quite a good analogy because mm. you know fitness really is often about recovery, isn't it? How quickly can our heart rate return to normal? Or, yeah. Um, you know, building up those core sort of muscles that keep us steady. Okay. Yeah. So that's so. Um, so as far as resilience goes, uh, I think um, that's a good sort of analogy. What you've described there. So how can we use um, the the color profiling model within within a resilience uh, um, scenario? Well, I think as we understand our preferred ways of doing things and understand in our language our color combination mm-hmm. or those colors which are higher preference for us and those which are lower, it gives us an immediate clue, if you like, a heads up as to what sort of things are likely to cause us more stress um, and what sort of areas or, or roles um, or ways of, ways of doing things are likely to be very natural for us and come very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, for example, as someone with a high red preference, I like to move at pace. I like to get things done quite quickly. I like them to have impact. I like to be quite clear about the way ahead. Um, and so working in that way is quite comfortable for me. Um, mm. But there are times, of course, where we need to slow down, where we need to reflect more, where we need to be more conscious of the impact um, that's going to have on those around us and that sort of thing. And and for me, it's if I was to have to work in that way for a sustained period of time, moving very slowly, maybe perceiving little impact, mm. um, that would begin to feel quite uncomfortable for me, uh, obviously, I can do it for a short time when that's needed and have yeah. colleagues that do that very well. But I think it basically gives us clues as to what's going to be harder work so that we can be prepared. Yes. I think being prepared is really critical, Mark. I think this isn't about what we sort of should stay away from or um, do do this, don't do this. I think it's about thinking, OK, when that happens, which it will how am I going to be prepared um, to handle that? So 
it might be, of course, that we know our colleagues and we know their differences. And the answer is, well, I'm going to delegate that actually to someone for whom much as that might not be a natural thing for me, it, it is for them. And we yeah. celebrate difference in that way by passing the ball, if you like, uh, to those who have different strengths to ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it, it might be, of course, if we're working in a small company or even on our own, and that's not possible, um, that we're just a conscious that this is going to require more energy of us. I'm likely to feel, to finish this activity, this task, this um, this phase of work, feeling quite um, exhausted and in need of uh, re-energizing, really. And going into it with that sort of heads up is very helpful. So, for example, if your blue color is low, Mark, so that's the sort of detail process orientated mm. um, way of being. And let, let, let's say your yellow is very high, very social, outgoing, energized by talking to people, interacting with people. Um, if you're, for example, an independent coach and um, you, you have a lot of interaction, but you also from time to time need to sit down and you need to do your accounts or your invoices or your mm -hmm. planning oh, yeah. activities that we all have to do. Um, that require that blue energy. You might plan your time to say, okay, well, I'm going to block out those three hours. I'm going to get that done, but then I'm going to actually, I'm going to book a coaching call or a client call or a Skype or something. At the end of that, I'm going to consciously put that in my diary because I know that by the time I get to, let's say, two o'clock in my day, I'm going to be desperate to talk to somebody and have yeah. some form of interaction that's going to be energizing for me. Uh, so for that individual, a knowledge of how they work, uh, what's natural, what's difficult, what's energizing, what's de-energizing, um, has enabled them to plan their day, plan their time in a way that will help them be more resilient in how they're working. Yeah, and that, that resonates really well because I, I'm just like that, actually. My blue isn't my lowest um, energy, but um, if I do need to do something like you described, I do need to put myself in a place where I know that there's a reward at the end of it and it'll all be worth it. And, um, and there's something I, I do and enjoy more at the end of it <laughs> as, mm. as a reward. So it's, it's a good strategy. Yeah. So this, a lot of this is about having the right strategies and the right strategies for you, not necessarily the same as uh, somebody else, obviously. Absolutely. And I think that's where profiling is a very powerful addition to a conversation on resilience because mm. it avoids a one size fits all scenario. So, mm. you know, there are lots of, of practical tips for you know managing our energy planning our time well resilient ways of working but um anything that comes off the shelf if you like won't address that fundamental difference in who we are and how we work and mm. so i think when when those sorts of um structures are placed alongside someone's profile and you can say okay well what does that mean for this individual it really opens up the conversation in a helpful way. So planning one's time and, and, and working environment actually would be another very practical outworking of that. So, you know, yeah. there are some people who love open plan working, love being with others. There are others um, who are very reflective. So the green and blue combinations on our profiles uh, for whom actually if they, if they want to focus on something, um, it's just much better for them to seek out a space where they can just be alone, be quiet, really focus in for a time. Mm. So that's another one we run into quite a lot, actually, around resilience, about how yeah. physically how people work, as well as um, what it is they're doing, and of course, who it is that they're doing it with. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's a good point, actually, what I was going to actually move on to was, um, so personally, it's good to know um, our own preferences. But um, even you could say even more importantly, it's it's knowing 
the the preferences of those that you are leading, especially as we're talking about um, you know leadership here. Mm. Uh, knowing what your your team preferences that that's uh, obviously a a really useful thing to know so that you um make use of those energies and also you don't stress people out by being um you know doing things in a way that um, they don't particularly like on a regular basis Yeah. yeah absolutely i think that's right in terms of leadership that we need to be mindful in our style of um who it is that we're leading and yeah. what it is that's going to cause them stress, actually, um, which might be quite different from our own preferences. Yeah, I've, I've, I've working with clients. I um, I tend to listen to what they're saying when they have struggles with another member of their team. Uh, they say certain things, and I obviously got an idea of their their color energies. Um, and we tend to have the biggest um, difficulties with them, those that are, are, are opposite to us. That's right, uh, yeah. And just so that everybody uh, um, understands what we're talking about, just do you want to sum up when we say opposites, which, which, which colour energies are opposite to what? Mm. So we display our four colours on a wheel so that they blend mm. around the wheel and we place the colours very intentionally so that those that are furthest away from one another on the wheel are psychometric opposites. Mm. Um, so very literally the opposite style. So, um, for example, green is uh, reflective and relational and red is task focused and extroverted. So those would be opposites. Mm. Um, and blue uh, with that kind of reflective thinking preference is then opposite to the uh, yellow, which is the extroverted feeling preference. So those are our opposites. Uh, the yeah. red and the green are opposites and the blue and the yellow are opposites. Yes. Um, but it's it's one of those things. It's kind of easier when you see them. Uh, it's easier to visualise when you actually see the wheel and see yes. the colours play. Yeah, yeah but well, we absolutely do often find it hardest to relate to those who are opposite us. Although, of course, ironically, they're the very people we need most. Yes, and I've obviously got limited time to talk about it. So I encourage you, if you listen to this, want to know more. Obviously, there'll be lots of um, information on the, the colour profiling dot com and i'll put some uh, notes of where to find that on the show notes um uh, just uh, just to um just a, uh, a regular thing that i seem to come across is um um business owners that maybe are more uh, task focused coming uh, across people or trying to uh, lead people that are more um people focused mm. and maybe slower moving um, and what I tend to do is is just tell them that they, they just need to give them more time, either um, time before or time after. Is that is that something that you've come across a lot? Um, yeah, so I would say that's a common um, clash, if you like, that we come across different ways of particularly preparing, actually, for meetings. Meetings are such a key part of business life, aren't they? How we mm-hmm. communicate with those around us. Yes. And those who are more perhaps person-centered and reflective will want to need more time to prepare so we can uh, lead them better and get better responses from them actually by making sure they have the agenda and any accompanying papers the day before rather than 10 minutes before or even at the meeting as sometimes happens Um, and again yes as you say afterwards as well going back to people the next day or the day after and saying you know I know you said and so in the meeting now you've had a time to think um, have you got anything further to add and often people's second take will be much better than their first actually 
um, if that's their color combination. And so, yeah, I think time to prepare, then time to reflect and come back with a second take built into our processes and ways of working can be yeah. really helpful. And just by doing that, giving them the opportunity to come back with a bit more information after they've had time to reflect is actually showing that you understand them better, which is um, what it's all about, isn't it? So you, you get a, a win-win situation. Absolutely. And we find businesses that we work with where they've profiled everyone in the company and where colour has become a really good way of describing different styles. Um, it does become part of the workplace language and part of the banter almost that you can quite explicitly say, well, you know, as someone with more green energy than me, um, I'd like you to go away and think about this and, and let me know tomorrow, not only what you think, but what you think other people will feel and think. Because with that colour combination, there's often a real intuition around how others will respond. So you yeah. can actually explicitly use the language, and people do, uh, in um, navigating difference, which makes it less personal in a, in a way as well, which I think is helpful for it to not be, well, you are like this and therefore, but your colour combination is, and therefore I'm going to respect that by. Um, it, yeah, as you say, shows thought, shows care, and shows valuing of difference. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was going to go on to, to talk about um, maybe um, resilience, maybe outside of maybe um, business. Have you got any sort of uh, tips around resilience um, just in general? Mm. Do, do you have some things about, I'm sure you've been through challenges in your life. Not that mm. we're not going to go into detail about those, but do you have some strategies that you have? Um, to help you? Well, I think so much of it does come down to energy, actually, and mm. managing stress, because we all have things that will be stressful. Mm. Um, and I think knowing how you personally process that is really critical. Um, so for me, they're probably my preferred, I'm quite an extrovert um, and I, I, I like action. Um, so going for a run with a friend is my number one kind of stress management strategy because it has that external processing. I'm often talking as I'm running, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also doing something quite kind of action orientated, if you like. So um, yeah, for me personally, that's a really great way to unwind. Uh, for others who are more reflective, I think it's really critical actually in their own time that they're making sure they have some time alone and uh, some time in quiet. And that can be quite difficult mm. if you're working with people all day. And then let's say you have a busy family life perhaps at home. Now, where is your space? How can you find that? And I think never to feel that that's in any way a selfish thing, because actually we can only really be there for others if we are having that kind of time and, and quality re-energizing space for ourselves so um yeah i think that that looks like very different for people uh, for different people i know some people make real use of their commute um they might you know choose to uh, choose to sort of cycle home or um even just walk around the block uh, one more time before they go in just to sort of think reflect um on their day and process it so finding space for some people i think an, a sort of outworking time to talk with others and maybe take action for others yeah um, what we do with our spare time i think is really critical actually to our resilience and having yeah. a, a space to put that in perspective so i mean for me personally prayer would be part of that i think that's a fantastic way to put things in perspective and yeah. to um feel that it's not just all about us you know we're not um we don't have to sort everything ourselves <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting um, how fitness comes up a lot when we talk about resilience. Mm. Uh, and when, when we talk about fitness, we're not just talking about physical fitness, we're talking about mental fitness, aren't we? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's increasing awareness that they're, they're so interlinked and that's great. And I know a lot of workplaces now make uh, space for physical activity during the day um, and consciously do that. And I think that's to be encouraged. I think the other thing for me, Mark, uh, and this is, you know, it's, it's both at work and outside of work, it applies in any context, would be communication. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much um, strain and stress that comes from lack of communication or misunderstanding um, different ways of understanding a situation that haven't been explicitly shared. And I think the more that we can encourage quite candid, um, kind but candid communication in our workplaces, the better. So I, I know for me personally, if, I, if there's anything I'm um, you know, stressed out about at work, actually having quite a direct conversation with someone, creating a safe space for that conversation, just talking it through is a really helpful way of um, resolving that and being clear as to the other person's perspective because we often um, don't see that other perspective easily and we need them to help us to understand what their narrative is around yeah. the situation and really give space for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, sadly, our time is running out um, and um, it's been really interesting. And we can talk for, for hours about all this and, and expand it into different um, areas. But unfortunately, we need to sum up what we've been talking about. Um, well, not unfortunately, in a good way. Um, so if we're, we're going to sum up what we're talking about, could we sum up sort of three tips for anyone that's in a leadership position at the moment and how they can manage their res- resilience? Mm, difficult three things <laughs> someone in a leadership position yeah. I think know know what energizes you and make space for it mm-hmm. would be one um, have a forum for communication would be another that might be a coach it might be a, a, a trusted person outside of work it might be someone within work perhaps someone on the board um, if you're in leadership but who's your go-to to to process things with yeah. would be another mm-hmm. uh, key fact I think or, or tip yeah. um, and then a third one I think just know yourself and know others so whether it's through our profiling or something else have an awareness of difference uh, an ability to describe that are then very practical agreed ways of working that make the best of who you are who your team are um, and an awareness around the flip side of that that's brilliant. Great, uh, great tips there. Um, so ju- I'd just like to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I hope Pleasure that we not. have opportunity to um, to expand on this at some other time. Um, but for now, thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for listening today. As action leads to outcomes, make sure you make a note start stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode don't forget to subscribe at thereluctantleader.co.uk where you'll find links to all the past episodes vlogs blogs and how you can get in touch with me until next time bye for now